This is the Cancer Radio Network. Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. Anytime that we have these possible life-changing events, it's going to be hard, you know, and to, to realize that it's real normal for that to be hard and for you to be concerned and worried three days, you know, before you get the scan and three days after while you're waiting for the results. Uh, and to really give yourself permission in those harder moments to speak to yourself with love, speak to yourself like someone that you would speak to that you actually like and care for. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast, offering stories of information, inspiration, and hope to those affected by colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to Episode 68 of the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. Thank you so much for joining me. And welcome to Survivor Week. So I'm not talking about the TV show. Many of you may know, some of you may not know, that this Sunday, June the 4th, is National Cancer Survivors Day. But knowing the Colon Cancer Alliance, you know, we like to chart our own path, if you will. And this is Colon Cancer Survivor Week leading up to this Sunday. So uh, keep an eye on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. All kinds of great information talking about what's happening in relation to Survivor Week. I am a six-year survivor of colon cancer. But what many of you may not realize is that I'm also a 50, actually 51-year survivor of childhood cancer. I was diagnosed at the age of five with a rare form of pediatric kidney cancer called Wilms tumor, which cost me my left kidney. Uh, but fortunate for me, I uh, was caught early and I was able to lead a normal, healthy life. Uh, it's unfortunate that colon cancer you know, became part of my life uh, more recently. Those statistics and studies say that the two most likely aren't related. But uh, having been and being, I guess I should say, a survivor of childhood cancer makes uh, anything related to childhood cancer, pediatric cancer, something especially near and dear to my heart. And through a sort of circumstances, a friend of mine, Laura Eicher, uh, got me a media pass to attend the annual Dick Vitale uh, gala event to benefit pediatric cancer and the V Foundation. If any of you are college basketball fans, you know Dick Vitale, otherwise known as Dickie V. He's a college basketball analyst for ESPN. And every year he hosts at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Sarasota, Florida, a huge gala event with the proceeds going towards childhood cancer research in the, uh, via the V Foundation. And what an honor it was to attend this event for the very first time. Uh, I didn't, unfortunately didn't attend the entire event, but I did get a chance to attend the media event. And the highlight of that event 
was getting to talk to some young cancer survivors. Now, I know I'm going a little off script here in that uh, this isn't specific to colon cancer, but I think you would agree with me uh, anytime we have the chance to meet and interact uh, you know, with a young person who's worked incredibly hard against such challenging circumstances to beat cancer, it's, it's an extra special thing. And I had the chance to interview uh, a few of these young people as part of a project that I'm working on. I've talked about it here on the show before in my goal to add additional podcasts under the umbrella of the Cancer Radio Network is what I plan on calling it. And there was one young lady who I had the chance to interview who's doing amazing things to give back to the pediatric cancer community in her hometown of Indianapolis, Indiana. Tatum Parker is a two-time survivor of Ewing sarcoma, and she's only 16. So take a couple of minutes, it's a short interview, and listen to my conversation with Tatum. I know you'll be inspired. I'm here with Tatum Parker, and she is 16 years old and is from Indianapolis. How many times have you been to this event, Tatum? Oh my gosh. Um, I think I've been coming since 2011, I want to say. So this is about my sixth or seventh year here. And how old were you when you were in the middle of your cancer? journey? Um, I was first diagnosed when I, it was two weeks before my sixth birthday and then I was diagnosed again about a month or two after my eighth birthday. What kind of cancer? A Ewing sarcoma. The first time it was in my right femur and the second time it was in my right lung. How are you doing now? I'm doing great. I've been cancer free for about seven years. Um, I just last year in January I had a hip replacement due to like some complications with my right hip due to the cancer in my right femur. Um, but it's went really well and I've been doing great ever since, so. And now you're giving back and you're doing some amazing work to help other children. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, well, when I was first diagnosed with cancer, um, I received a backpack from the Gabby Krause Foundation in Colorado. Their daughter, Gabby, uh, was diagnosed with cancer when she was little, I think also around five years old and she passed away shortly after she was diagnosed, but she used to take this backpack with her to the hospital every time. And she told her mom one day during her treatment, she said, I wish every kid in the hospital got to have a backpack like this. So when she passed away, her mom started the bag, Bags of Fun in Denver, Colorado, and they gave backpacks to kids diagnosed with cancer. And so a friend of a friend knew them and knew us, and they sent me a bag when I was diagnosed, and my family and I were just really touched by it, and there were so many things in it. And I would take it to the hospital every time I had a treatment, and I used everything that came in it. And so when I was, di when I was done with cancer the first time, my parents and I decided we wanted to give back to our community and to the hospital that helped me survive. And so we started Tatum's Bags of Fun in Indianapolis, and we give backpacks full of games and toys and activities um, and electronic, like $350 to $400 worth of things to every child that's diagnosed with cancer in Indiana. And so we've been doing that since August of 2008 and we've given almost 3,000 bags away. That's fantastic, amazing. Uh, do you have a website or is there a way where people can yes. learn more about you and maybe support you? Yes, it's www.tatumsbagsoffun.org. 
Yeah. Terrific. Tatum, thank you so much, and thank you for the amazing work you're doing. Thank you so much. Other events taking place in the colon cancer community coming up on june the 3rd which is this coming saturday is the rock and roll marathon series in san diego california time to get your run on uh different events that are different running events that are available for you to participate in the 5k will take place on saturday june the 3rd and the half and full marathons will take place the following day on sunday june the 4th If you have an ostomy and are experiencing leakage, that is not normal and you don't have to live with leakage. Feeling secure is important to be able to do the things you enjoy without worrying that you may have to deal with an embarrassing leak. Skin-friendly Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Coloplast are designed to prevent the edges of your barrier from lifting and help to keep your barrier securely in place. They are elastic and are designed to move with you as you bend and stretch. The innovative Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Coloplast are a skin-friendly alternative to tape and are available for you to try today. Don't let leakage rule the day. Call 1-855-430-9500 today to receive a free sample of Brava Elastic Barrier Strips. Another opportunity to get your run on is coming up on Saturday, June 17th up in Portland, Oregon. It's The next stop for the Undie Run Walk, the 5K Run, and the One Mile Fun Walk taking place at the Old Spaghetti Factory in Portland, Oregon. If you have an ostomy or are undergoing chemotherapy, you know at times it can be a struggle to stay hydrated. That's where H2ORS can help. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated due to an ostomy or chemotherapy, H2ORS can help replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. If you would like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com slash sample and they'll ship one out to you. No strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the code CCPOD, you will get 10% off your first order. Rock and Roll Marathon makes its next stop. Again, 5K, half marathon, full marathon, the weekend, that same weekend, Uh, This is taking place uh, on June the 18th in Seattle, Washington. And then the following weekend on June the 24th is the next stop for the Undie Run Walk. And we're heading out to Denver, Colorado at City Park on Steel Street for the 5K Run and One Mile Fun Walk as part of the Undie Series. Also on the 24th is a fun, untimed uh, run taking place in Case, South Carolina. That's the Terminators is the name of that event taking place at the Timmerman Trail in Case, South Carolina. I want to welcome and say thank you to our newest sponsor, Exact Sciences, manufacturer of Cologuard. Cologuard is the first and only FDA-approved, non-invasive, stool DNA-based colon cancer screening test. It's for patients 50 and older at average risk of colon cancer. 
ColaGuard is shipped directly to you where you can provide a sample in the comfort of your own home and ship it back to the lab, postage prepaid. ColaGuard is not for everyone. It is not a replacement for diagnostic or surveillance colonoscopy in high-risk individuals. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. ColaGuard is available by prescription only. Ask your doctor if ColaGuard is right for you. Find out more information by visiting their website at ColaGuardTest.com. My guest this week is Shell Hamilton. And you can learn about Shell and all the great things she does by visiting her website at shellhamilton.com. And Shell is spelled C H E L H A M I L T O N, shellhamilton.com. I met Shell at Podfest, which is a podcasting con- conference that I attended back in February in Orlando. And Shell is the host of a, of a podcast herself called Meditation Minis. And her specialty is helping people with anxiety. And we talked a lot about how short meditations, guided meditations, which she offers on her podcast, can be tremendously helpful for one of the major things that I know myself and many of you experience, and that is anxiety. So join me for my conversation with Shell Hamilton. Good evening, Shell. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I was immediately, as soon as I heard your presentation at PodFest, the uh, podcasting conference in Orlando back in February, I said, oh my goodness, this is a woman I have to have on my show. You are such the right topic for for my audience of, of people who are touched by cancer. So uh, again, thank you for, for agreeing to spend a little bit of time with us. Uh, Lee, thank you. It's awesome to connect. So uh, just kind of for a frame of reference, tell us uh, a brief bit of your background, what you do, and a little bit about your podcast as well, because I certainly want to direct our listeners over to, uh, to your podcast, because I know that uh, it, it was, it's definitely something that they'll want to be a part of too, but a little bit about, uh, about you and your background. Yeah, so I have um, been a hypnotherapist for over 10 years, and uh, for the people right now who are thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want to listen to a hypnotherapist, I don't even believe in that, let me turn this off, don't worry, I totally thought that hypnosis was bullshit, um, and I've been doing it now for over a decade, so I get the skepticism, I am a practical Midwestern-raised girl, Um but the the universe just would not leave this hypnotism thing alone. Like literally, besides all the other crazy stuff that happened, a book fell off um, a table at a bookstore that was about hypnosis. And that was kind of like the the last straw and threw my arms up and said, okay, fine, I'll go look into this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've been doing that for over a decade. Um, and what I discovered was the most powerful process that I had ever seen, the most powerful modality to help people actually change the things that they're doing. Um, I had done talk therapy as like a kid and a teenager and a young 20 something. And, and while I think in some situations it can be really useful for the things I was going through, it was not helping me change anything. Understanding all that stuff about myself wasn't 
suddenly making me make different choices. But hypnotherapy allows people to make different choices more easily and effortlessly. And then a couple of years ago, uh, similar kind of resistance to this idea of doing a meditation podcast. I knew I wanted to do a podcast of some sort, but I did not want to do meditation because I did not want to be some kind of meditation guru teacher. That's not me. Um, obviously, I, I swear I'm a little edgy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I decided, oh, I'll just try it for a year and see what happens. And that was uh, three years later. And that's the Meditation Minis podcast. It focuses a lot on anxiety. And in my hypnotherapy practice, as well as in the meditation podcast, um, I see a lot of clients with all kinds of anxiety from uh, very specific like needle phobias uh, to generalized anxiety and sports performance, things like that. And, and one of the reasons why is because I used to get panic attacks. I used to have really bad anxiety. I still to this day struggle with insomnia. I myself used to be terrified to go to the doctor or have a blood draw. Um, I would pass out. It, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, so that tends to be the area that I, I focus in, fears, phobias, anxieties. And it's been fantastic to be able to help people get calmer and have tools that they can use in those difficult situations that life brings us has been the most rewarding thing I, I never could have dreamed myself of doing. <laughs> the universe had to, you know, make it happen because I, I it's not something that I would have picked. Well, it made a book jump off of a table, so imagine. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the myths, some of the misnomers about meditation that you can help uh, our listeners um, better understand? Oh, great question. Um, probably the number one thing is that meditation is not about not thinking. It's not about getting to some magical place where you have no thoughts. Um, the podcast that I do is Guided Meditation, which is a great kind of entry level um, if you want to go into more silent meditation practice. But quite frankly, uh, some books like The Relaxation Response and some of the research is showing that when you induce relaxation with creative visualization, that's life-changing in a way that regular silent meditation um, probably isn't, according to the research. Uh, so, yeah, you're even if you're doing silent meditation, the idea is not to not think. And I used to sit proper... Buddhist meditation for about a year when I lived in Los Angeles, um, about 12 years ago. Uh, and it was a great practice and I, I definitely got some value out of it. Uh, but your job is not to not think your job is to just not chase the thoughts. Your job is to realize that you aren't the thoughts and that the thoughts like feelings, like hunger, like leaves on a tree are just going to come and go and the seasons change and the daylight changes and the rain comes and the rain stops and there's sun and that has nothing to do with you. <laughs> so that's definitely regardless of if somebody wants to do guided or silent meditation, the number one thing. Don't worry about the fact that you're thinking. 
your brain's job is to think. And your job when you're meditating is just not to get caught up in the stories that your brain is telling you. I heard someone describe it as um, their, I think it was called their, their brain chatter. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. So, so it, 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 it's okay if your mind wanders. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the major benefits of meditation, whether it's guided or silent or walking, uh, is trance. Trance is very relaxing. It's very healing for our body and mind. And, you know, we go into a trance when we watch TV, which is why when people are stressed, some of them will watch seven hours of TV because it puts them in a trance. It helps turn off their brain a little bit so that chatter is paying more attention to what's on the screen. And that can be um, stress relieving. What about the... Uh the thoughts that people or preconceived notions, probably a better way to describe it around the time commitment for meditation. Um, yeah, I personally having sat like proper for, you know, we've sat for 45 minutes to an hour every day. Um, I find it more effective for me if, if I, go into a meditative little moment several times, many times throughout the day, rather than just sitting for an hour. Um, I think that if you're going to sit, a silent meditation studies show that 20 minutes a day, um, you're getting the max benefit for the minimum amount of uh, effort. So I would say 20 minutes tops, but even three to five minutes can be incredible incredibly helpful for lowering your cortisol levels and getting you into a state in your mind where it's easier for you to respond to the things that are happening in your life rather than just haphazardly reacting. Very interesting. Two, two of the things that I know uh, those of us touched by cancer face when it comes to anxiety is, you know, anxiety about what the future holds um number one you know what is the outcome going to be for me and my disease and then something we refer to uh is scanxiety which you and i talked about offline before we started this interview and that's that i have a diagnostic test coming up and major anxiety about what are the results going to be typically these uh, for myself, my scans are four months apart. Other people, maybe it's once a month or three months. And you're living your life and you're coping. And you're dealing, you know, with your everyday thing and not worrying until that that switch flips a few days before that scan, and it overwhelms you. Yeah. This this fear of what the results of this test is going to be. So those, I think, those are the two most common scenarios. Talk about how meditation and maybe some tips on on how people who deal with these things how meditation can help them cope with uh with this type of anxiety so i would recommend not just meditation and certainly not just doing it when the event is coming uh, meditation and any kind of mind shift training that you do and there's something i can 
share with you um, that's not meditation related about that. Uh, it's like going to the gym, right? So if you have to go to a strongman competition and lift something really heavy, you're not going to be able to do that if you haven't gone to the gym. And you have to go to the gym with some consistency, uh, lifting heavy weights in order to get strong enough to do the strongman competition. And that's the same thing with these kinds of uh, events that come up in life that depending upon the outcome, they could be life changing, uh, like the scan or, you know, there's, there's other situations like that, that come up for people. So the first step is really to, to have a process to reframe your negative thinking patterns in general that you use on everything so that when these events come up, you have the, the mental muscle power to use the process, and it may not eliminate scanxiety, uh, but it can certainly help mitigate the the overwhelming part of the anxiety. I, I do have an ebook on my website, which is completely free. I don't even think right now I'm asking people to give me their email address for it. It's called Rewire It, uh, and your listeners can find that at my site, shellhamilton.com, and it shares three simple non-hypnotic steps that you can use to rewire your thinking to a more positive. So we're rewiring it out of negative thought patterns, anxiety thought patterns, and creating more calm and confidence. As far as the meditation, that again is a practice. It's, you know, even if you just do it five minutes a day uh, and not attach to the thoughts, I think for anxiety, a great one is... Um, there's a nose breathing meditation. I think it's episode three in my meditation minis podcast. Uh, that is a great little focal point that you can come back to. And by practicing that and learning to let the thoughts go and not run with them, then again, when you have these higher anxiety events, you have a tool that you're practiced in using so that you're not chasing the thoughts as much or, or ramping them up. You know, as somebody who used to get panic attacks, I know that so often I would make my anxiety a thousand times worse because I'd be upset with myself for being upset. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about uh, turning that into a, uh, uh, you know, uh, an avalanche, so to speak. It just yeah. kind of builds on itself. Yeah. I understand. Yes. Well, I have to say, and as a testimonial to, to my audience, uh, I listened to uh, several of your episodes, and and it's 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 labeled appropriately meditation minis. Uh, the one that comes to mind is one of your recent episodes about clear water, mm. and um, and and picturing your picturing yourself, uh, you know, in calming waters. And I have to tell my audience that you you really should check this out. Uh, it, your voice is so perfect for what you do. Just you, you could read the dictionary, and I think I would uh, listen to that and be totally relaxed. <laughs> you know what? You've just given me a great idea for an April first day podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to start reading from the dictionary as an April Fool's joke. Okay, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> Uh, any other advice that you would give uh, 
you know, folks like, uh, like that are touched by, you know, serious disease like cancer, um, advice or suggestions or tools to just help them get through the struggles that we all have to face? Yeah, I've worked with a lot of um, people with cancer, both survivors as well as caregivers and people going you know, through the whole process of dealing with it. I actually had a young lady a couple of years ago who um, had thyroid cancer and she had such an intense fear of doctors and needles that even going to like get any kind of blood work or get a shot would put her into a panic attack. Seeing a bruise on her body would put her into a panic attack. Um, and obviously she had a lot of tests that she had to get through. So we were able to take care of that and she has done great. She had her surgery and she's doing fantastic. Um, anytime that we have these possible life-changing events, it's going to be hard, you know, and to, to realize that it's real normal for that to be hard and for you to be concerned and worried three days, you know, before you get the scan and three days after while you're waiting for the results. Uh, and to really give yourself permission in those harder moments to speak to yourself with love, speak to yourself like someone that you would speak to that you actually like and care for. Speak to yourself like you would, you know, a, a seven or eight year old child. Um, who's scared and and worried and how you know what would you say to them and talk to yourself like that in that kind of strong yet calming loving interior voice and that's really going to help with the entire process so basically reassure yourself through your own words that sounds so simple but it sounds so powerful at the same time well, they say the most powerful form of hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And the things that we tell ourselves about what's going on give us the feelings that we associate. So the more that you can speak to yourself in a calm, loving manner, um, the, the more you're going to associate calm and love with the situation, which is just going to be better for all of your physiology and biology. <laughs> Of course, of course. Well, Shell, this is just such wonderful advice and such wonderful um, tips that you've shared. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, the first thing I'm going to do is put it into practice for myself. Uh, <laughs> but uh, th this is so perfect um, and, and so needed uh, for the Colon Cancer Podcast audience. And, and I really can't thank you enough for, for doing this and, and giving some advice. Where can people find the Meditation Minis podcast? Yeah, I think the easiest way, Lee, is just to go to my website. It's C-H-E-L, shellhamilton.com. Uh, or you can go to iTunes and search in the podcast section for meditation minis. But the link to the show on iTunes and to other podcast catchers is right there on my front page. So I think that's probably the easiest. And the ebook is there as well. Perfect. So that's Shell, but it's spelled C H E L Hamilton.com. And where else can people find you online? Um, all right, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on iTunes. You can find me on my site. I'm probably most most uh, active on Facebook. Perfect. Well, Shell, thank you again. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the Colon Cancer Podcast. Be well. 
Thank you, Lee. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And thank you again for inviting me to be on your show. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast presented by Coloplast. And thank you to our sponsors, Coloplast, H2ORS, and Exact Sciences for your support. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud sponsor of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer. Thanks for listening to the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Again, that's ccalliance.org. Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.